Hello and welcome to episode 36 of Push to Shout. We got lots of stuff going on. I'm Mike. Skippy. We got Arkham Knight, huge disaster on the seam store. We got PT making a sort of revival, not quite, but a little interesting. Lots of stuff to talk about this week. Yay. How have you been doing, Skippy? Terribly. I know that you played a game called uh, Her Story. I watched part of your stream and then I had to go play it myself. Yeah, uh, I've I've played a lot of video games um, because I I got sick on like like last weekend actually I've been sick for quite a while now some kind of throat infection uh, and one of the I first still that hear I played, a little bit of it yeah yeah I'm I'm coughing and stuff but I've I've got pushed to talk on in honor of our podcast name yeah, and yeah. Uh, so you probably won't hear me coughing hopefully um, her story I streamed that it was actually a really popular stream I had like fifty or sixty people watching and uh, and. First of all, I'll say I think I think you messaged me right after I finished it, and you said you didn't like it, and I said I kind of liked it. And I, I think our no, main—I'll let you talk, but I didn't yeah, dislike it. Well, straight out of the gate, I think I'll, I'd say our main <clears throat> difference uh, in experience comes solely from how we played it, uh, mainly because I played it with a stream, interacting with the chat a lot, and so everyone was experiencing the story along with me, and like coming up with theories, and that was really, really, really fun. Just like having everyone like spitballing theories and and talking about it and freaking out about all the twists and stuff like that, uh, so that made it way more fun than I could possibly imagine it being just sitting alone. Uh, so it was actually yeah. a lo- that was a lot of fun, and I realized at the time that that was what w- was making the game entertaining. I was uh, I was alone in a dark room, <laughs> just punching in searches. I guess we should describe what the game is like. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. you kind of have access to this. Um, I don't think it's FBI. It's like some British um, police database. And you enter queries that searches for videos, full motion recorded videos in the system. And it can only show you the first five search results of whatever you type in. So, you know, there'll be a name like Simon. And you can't just get all the results for Simon, you can only see the first ones, and then you have to pick up on little keywords within those videos and find out the rest of the story. So it's just like this branching, freeform, collect-the-puzzle-pieces yeah, kind of game. It sounds really arbitrary when you say it, but it, it's supposed to be like an old computer and these really old files that were like lost in a flood and all sorts of crap, and so it tries to like justify the kind of gameplay limitations of figuring yeah. out what the what the actual like like the video clips are only the answers to the questions and not the questions themselves so you have to kind of piece it together even more than you would uh i i i was fine with that you know it's like you just come up with some reason for it to be the way it is i, I didn't feel like that that was a problem with it but it here's the thing that that concept is really cool um and the the disappointing thing about it to me is almost it just that it doesn't feel like enough of a video game like it's not even supposed to be a video game but to i me, want it to be one it was that the story itself was pretty dumb yes yeah that too uh the, but it, like i can kind of i could i could buy into it not having that much you know gameplay and and i don't know which i kind of get what you mean by not having enough gameplay like not quite like uh i don't know you just got done playing phoenix right and i don't know exactly how that 
that plays. Oh, it's but- way different. It's closer to a visual novel. But I guess I can sort of put my finger on one thing. So you kind of are trying to find all the pieces of video if you really want to be a completionist and get the whole story. There's a certain point that it'll let you end it. That's if you've learned enough of the story. But you can try to continue to find all of the pieces. But you, you don't actually get that um, objective unless you happen to move the sort of virtual window over and then you see the database checker and then that'll come up. And that was a really cool moment because that's when it's like, ooh, now I have like specific objective in mind and, and there's I have a, lot a more of cool complete understanding like of what's going on. Yeah, but there just aren't enough of them. Yeah. It, I, here's For the, the most thing. part, it's just the the watch the videos thing. What I wanted the game to be was at first, and and I kind of got over this, I think, but it also helps. I've probably like four or five beers in at this point. <laughs> but um, <laughs> it was a stream night. Um, and uh, so what I wanted it to be was like gathering evidence and building a case. And like, all right, what are we gonna what are we gonna pin her for? You know? And then I realized, oh wait, I'm just some dude mm-hmm. trying to figure out what what happened, and and it's just gonna be an interactive story, or not even an interactive story, just a story that 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 the interactive part is that every individual person is going to uncover the story, probably in pretty drastically different ways. Uh, like I found out the big twist. Or like I found, there's a couple. I, we won't spoil it, but there's a couple of big moments where it's like, oh crap, holy crap, this is what's going on, mm-hmm. and uh, and there's some videos that are gonna like give that away really easily, but you might not stumble across them. You know, I, who knows? Who knows when you'll stumble across it? And I think that in concept is really really neat. Just the idea of like Definitely. every person who plays this game is going to get a completely different uh, story almost like it's the same that's the same events that happened but the way that it's being uncovered to you is completely different and 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 you're you're basically spoiling it for yourself by playing the game but i think it does a pretty good job of keeping you surprised and everything with a couple twists but you're right i mean the story itself it's God, very it, unbelievable like and the- not only unbelievable but like you get to that point where you're like, I think it's, I think that this is what happened and that's, but, but I don't, I'm not sure that's what happened because it's so ridiculous. And then, and then it's like, no, maybe that actually is what happened. It, it, it's yeah. Like there got to be a point for me toward the end where I knew almost everything. And at that point I didn't really care anymore about the minor details. Cause the whole thing got so silly. I mean, you mentioned Phoenix, Wright. Phoenix, Wright's a cartoon. There's all this crazy, ridiculous garbage that's supposed to happen, and it fits with the tone of that game. Good garbage. This, yeah, it's good. This, it has, like, these... The actress tries to play it straight and realistic, and, you know, this sort of melodrama, but the story is so out there that there's a tension between how it's played, which is very much serious and immersive. Like, there's even the effects on the screen to make it look yeah. like you're looking at a CRT monitor and sounds of the chair squeaking, and sometimes you'll you'll catch a reflection of yourself on the monitor or see police lights go outside. Like, they really tried to hammer home the immersion and the realism, but the story itself is just silly. It's, like, sillier than what you'd see on, like, a weekly Law & Order. Yeah, and, and you're right. The tone does not quite fit up with just how... I mean the tone fits but but the story is stupid enough that it doesn't deserve that tone and and I it would still it's still entertaining it's still really neat in in concept it's pretty cool that that someone made an FMV game in 2015 period 
<laughs> so yeah, like, those are I, I want to see somebody else do it. Yeah, uh, it's it, it, it. I think that I think we'll see some other games that are kind of like that, and I would like to see them like you know put more effort into actually making it. it it's also it also the way that the lines. I don't want to blame the actress for this. I think that it's the way that the lines are written. Uh, it sounds written like you oh, know. Oh, this is someone reading lines that someone wrote down on a piece of like not not. It's not the way that they're acted. It's the way it's the words that are being said. Are just like okay, people don't quite talk like this, and it, it, yeah, uh, and some things are really heavy handed, and yeah, I, I, it's still neat, but. And they deserve credit for pricing it appropriately. It's six bucks. This isn't gone home at twenty bucks. You know, you're about you're getting what you pay for. It's you're, there's good value for your money. Yeah, I definitely don't feel swindled. Uh, but uh, the the actual thing that got me interested in 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 playing this game was because I was in a mood after last week where oh, I dude. had listened to the entire. Uh, series of podcasts called serial have you heard of this i've heard of them i haven't listened to them yet holy shit they are really 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 good good. yeah it is awesome um it's like a it's basically i've heard like the first six minutes of the first episode that gives you a good idea of like okay Okay. here we go it's 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 a very it's almost casual the way that the uh god what is her name susan koenig uh, I might, that might be wrong. The way that Sounds she, right. the way that she kind of narrates the story is from a very, very first person perspective, where she's talking about her own biases. And I'll, I'll, well, let me let me talk about the concept first. It is a it is a podcast put on by a uh, podcast called This American Life. This is like a spinoff of that podcast, and I think that's an NPR owned podcast. And this is a it's focusing on a murder that happened in 1999 uh, a high schooler was murdered supposedly by her allegedly by her boyfriend who was convicted and is still in prison for it uh and there's a lot of mysteries and ambiguities around the case and uh, basically the podcast is just this woman going through looking at the evidence interviewing people 15 years after the fact and going to interviews that were you know done like four weeks after the fact and just trying to figure out, okay, what actually happened and what's going on with this thing. And then in the process, you, you know, it's, it's about more than just the murder case. It's like, here's, you know, problems with the criminal justice system. Here's issues with how people's own biases affect a, you know, retelling of facts and stuff like that. Like it, 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 it enlightens you a lot about, uh, people and how they work you know um it, it, it's it's really cool because it's totally real every all of it is is based on not based on a real story it is a real story that she's going back and f- trying to figure out and she interviews the guy himself the guy who is apparently the murderer ha- spends a long time with him on the phone in prison and you hear a lot of that conversation and it's just really interesting because you along with her you're trying to figure out like did this guy do it because he didn't seem like he murdered this girl but all the evidence is pointing towards him murdering this girl. <laughs> but then there's like eyewitness testimony that totally conflicts that evidence. And, but there's no reason for it to like, there's no reason for people to be lying on his behalf. And it's, <clears throat> it is, it goes places. And, uh, I, am going to go ahead and <clears throat> I'm going to go ahead and spoil it because there, there is no spoiler for this podcast. And that is probably my biggest criticism of it. This thing just ends and, and you don't learn, you learn a lot. You do not learn 
who did it or anything like that. It is, it just ends. Uh, yeah, which, I mean, what can you expect? If, yeah, exactly. If had a clear expect? conclusion, well, you I probably know, wouldn't you, be in jail. I, here's the thing. I watched The Jinx pretty recently, like a couple months ago, in which, spoilers, the last episode, <laughs> he definitely killed the people that, that he's accused of killing. Uh, and you find that out from the documentary. So it, it, it is that you can draw a lot of comparisons between those two, uh, you know, works, but, but one ends drastically differently, but yeah, I mean, you, you definitely see it coming. I mean, she kind of tells you almost from the beginning, like this isn't going to lead to anything. I, there's just not, the evidence just doesn't exist for us to find out anything concrete. Uh, it just, it, I don't know how they could have handled it differently. I don't know if there is a way to end a podcast like that because it's so, like she said, there's no, there's, there's is no ending, right. uh, but it does kind of peter out at the end where you're kind of like left hanging. But that could also be kind of intentional because that's, hey, that's how everyone feels, you know, around the murder. Like the people who knew the girl who was murdered, they, they don't know what happened, and it's just very, it's reflective of that kind of feeling. And and it, God, I loved it. It was, it was so entertaining. I binged it all day one day. Like I started, I started listening to it at work. And then, like, got home and just, like, laid in bed just listening to it. Um, it that well, was cool. Yeah, that might be what I do on the plane tomorrow. Definitely. I, if you have a plane ride, that is the perfect, perfect thing to, to listen to. Um, I, 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 I liked it a lot. Uh, and there, there's going to be a second season. I have no idea how they could possibly live up to the first one. Like, they're going to have to, like... I, I don't know. It'll be interesting. Find some other ambiguous case. <laughs> there's plenty, <laughs> but... Yeah. Okay. Well, hey, Skippy. Hey. I saw a really, really good movie. Did you? It's called Nightcrawler. It came out last year. Jake Gyllenhaal. It's so interesting. Is this um, the one that people were saying was like visually similar to Drive? You know what? It is a little superficially, I guess. It's colorful, yeah, yeah, yeah. L.A., but they're very different movies. They are actually produced, though, by the same company, Bold Films. So mm. I guess that accounts for some of the similarities um jake gyllenhaal plays this very creepy sociopath who has a extensive knowledge of management theory and business practice and he's he's a very quick learner he says and he sort of becomes this ambulance chaser where he has a police scanner and he just looks out for accidents so he can get in people's faces and film them while they're injured and just Oof. exploit all of this stuff or, and sell it to um, a news station. And then as he does this, he gets more and more efficient at it and tries to get to the scene first every time. But then it just gets creepier and creepier because he, he doesn't, he's a sociopath or at least it's implied, you know, they don't come out and say it. So he doesn't really have, anything that tells him, hey, maybe I shouldn't be getting directly up in this dying person's face. Like, it just mm -hmm. never occurs to him. So they might tell him to back off, but by then he already has the footage. And he never does anything outright illegal. Like, you know, it's very ambiguous, but he starts to manipulate situations um, that, you know, might get him some better footage at the cost of harm to innocent people, things like that. Uh, it's it's a very very interesting movie, um, and not just interesting cerebrally. It's it's a cool movie too, very entertaining and a very very good performance from Jake Gyllenhaal. I didn't know he was that good an actor. 
Yeah, he has he has moments. Uh, I feel like he's just poorly casted most of the time. Uh, yeah, this is his. I, I don't know. I mean, he's a he's a known quantity before this, but he he's great in this movie. This was a fantastic performance. Cool. He's a very um, he's a very different person from the driver in Drive, but the performance reminds you a little bit out of that, like kind of expressionless in the mouth but a lot is told to the eyes. Yeah. And while the driver sort of has these, I don't know, um, like knowing or calm eyes, Jake Gyllenhaal has like these crazy sunken, what the fuck is he thinking right now kind of eyes. It's it's a cool movie. Neat. Well. So uh, what else? What else we got? I, I watched something last week as well. I, obviously, I've had a lot of downtime. Uh, <laughs> I also got through the whole first season of True Detective, which I've been meaning to do for a while. Have you seen True Detective? No, that's an HBO show, right? It is the HBO show, and uh, and it is it is volumized. I guess that's the word for it, where every season is a complete story, and then they move on to different different actors, different characters, all that stuff. Um, it was it was really good. Um, it was not. I feel like it didn't quite live up to the hype, I guess. Like, just the amount of buzz that, that has been going around this this TV show for a long time. I, I, you know, it's always been in my peripheral. I've always been meaning to watch it because I just, like, there's so many people I know who watch it. Everyone goes crazy about it. Season two, there were all these, there was a meme, you know. <laughs> um, but, uh, so I finally got around to watching it. And so it is filmed and acted. The, cin- the cinematography and the acting and the 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 dialogue writing is is phenomenal some of the best in television period uh in fact i would say the cinematography is up there with like being the best i've ever seen bar none uh it is mm-hmm. it is fantastic but the thing that puts me off from it and this is intentional but i don't know if it really makes it any better that it's intentional it's it's called true detective so it's you know it's like the true crime like genre and i feel like they almost go out of their way to make it typically uh like they tell a very typical true crime story it's like cult killer they're trying to find a cult killer who is a redneck living in the woods in louisiana and oh he's killed again and look he's the body's positioned in the same way that he positioned. It's a serial killer and it's the most boring. Like that, that concept is the most boring thing in the world to me. There's nothing interesting to me about a cult serial killer. Like, I think that's just the most (laughs) like meaningless and boring concept ever, but everyone, everyone's response to that would be, well, that's not what it's about. It's about the detectives who are, you know, researching the case and, and, and finding out stuff about each other and you, you learn about their characters. And it, it that is, a, that is totally true. 100%. But when the overarching storyline is not actually interesting at all, that, that does put me off a little bit, but I, I, I would not like that is a, in relative terms, that's a very minor criticism. It's just, it, it's just, you know, that, that is, that is the story. And so that kind of, yeah, but, uh, <clears throat> my God, I I love just watching that show was a delight. Just sitting there and absorbing the 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 music and the cinematography and 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 how it all came together and the acting 
my god um we got woody uh, harrelson his, and matthew mcconaughey yeah matthew mcconaughey is 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 well they're both great but <laughs> mcconaughey Mc, how do you pronounce his name mcconaughey 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 mcconaughey, McConaughey. <laughs> um, his character is like Kind of like a sociopath, but not really. Like he's he's been through some shit, and as a result, he's withdrawn. And uh, and every once in a while, he comes out of his shell, and it's it's really great. And and he makes these comments that are like. So I mentioned with the the game that we were talking about earlier that the the lines that that the actress is having to read, having to to act, sound written, and. Matthew McConaughey's character, all of his lines sound that way too, but they're delivered so well that it it doesn't even matter. Like it just they're fantastic. And other characters are like commenting on it. They're like, why do you gotta say shit like that, man? Because <laughs> it's like really like cerebral and existentialist kind of like musings about the town that they're driving through and stuff. And um God, there's just like overhead shots of them just driving down the bayou in Louisiana and it's playing this just ominous deep bass tone over and over and you're just oh my god i it was it i it is it is really great uh i i i have to recommend that very highly to anyone who's like if you're interested in just cinematography that is a must see it's like the first thing i thought of uh at the second episode especially it's Blade Runner, like to a T. Really? It, 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 yeah, it, it's crazy too because Blade Runner is such a different. Like, Blade Runner is as different of a setting as you could possibly imagine because this is this is fucking nineteen like, nineties. Yes, okay, I think so. Uh, but that's not the that's not the comparison I'm making. I'm I, I'm saying the way that it's filmed, oh. uh, the the cinematography itself. So like. They're driving through the bayou, or they're it, like constantly, constantly. They're in this like swamp, and the swamp goes on and on and on. Like you can't even see the end of it. But in the background, there's this huge industrial complex with like it's like it's like the Blade Runner things with like fire coming out of the tops and stuff like that. Like these refineries, and and they're overshadowing this swampland, and it is it is so well shot, and and it is it, oh god. I, I I I am probably going to go back and watch through it again and again. Like I just I didn't like the story at all and the characters, although they're great, that isn't what would make me watch it again. It's just it's just the filming alone of it was so good. I, I, I'm gonna I have to stop. add that to my to watch list. Also, yeah. I'll probably put it off until after I finish like, the Sopranos. So. It's I think it's the second or third episode where it's just like the whole episode is just like oh my god I cannot like I it, it just pulls you in so well with how it's shot I, I i love it so there you go true detective i've got like i don't know 15 episodes left of the soprano so i'll check it out then. oh i thought you would have finished by now with how no many no you've no because no, my uh my dad got into it and we've been Uh-oh. watching from season one together and so yeah. you know i've been burning out on each day a little faster because i'm re-watching the old ones but you know i'm moving through yeah i tried to get my family about- into it and they wouldn't Oh really? That's disappointing. Yeah. I, my dad was the only one who well, got hooked on it. My, my dad brother kind loved of it, petered out. Like I was watching, and I was in I was in the basement um, at our at our house, and my dad came down and just started watching it in like season five or something like that, <laughs> and 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 he liked it a lot. 
and you know you can i mean it's a pretty simple story so you can pretty much tell what you know it's though the gangster's mad at the other gangster but like i was like dad you just gotta watch it from the beginning i i can you're not killing yourself with spoilers or anything this isn't that kind of show but still like come on and then and then they just won't do it they they watch a lot of i won't call them call it garb well yeah they watch a lot of episodic things they watch those those shows that'll come up on like abc where it's like some crazy concept and it'll last a season and then get canceled they watch a lot of that stuff it's Mm. all my mom's fault she sees the advertisements for it and she says well let's record that and they watch it and they and they like it kind of but not really but they're hooked on it because they've started it already so i guess that's what what they say he said you blame your mother for your personal problems okay let's talk about video (laughs) games yes let's 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 so did we talk about i know we talked about arkham knight having a terrible port but did it get pulled from steam when we talked about it either way i'm gonna talk about it again uh, now it didn't it's been pulled from Steam and uh, Rocksteady and you know Warner Brothers, I guess, as the publisher, made the decision, not Valve, and uh, they they pulled it from the Steam marketplace because of just the overwhelmingly negative reception the bad PC port was getting. But what was thought to be and clearly was instrumental in this happening, them taking the extra time to polish up and release a good port, was the Steam refund system. It used to be that if it was a terrible port. You know, what can you do? But now, everybody just refunded their game. And yeah. they're like, oh, shit. I'd love now to see the, the statistics on that. Yeah, and they can't just leave it up because even if they release a patch later, they've still got the terrible reviews and the reputation's gone and the release has already happened. So they pulled it from the store so that they can re-release it uh, yeah. later. And they even, um, to be fair, they did try to, you know, cover their ass PR-wise and they... um even if you weren't eligible for a Steam refund officially, like if you pre-ordered it or whatever for PC, they decided to still let anybody refund their PC version. So, you know, at least they did that. But this is a good thing. You can't just release a terrible PC port anymore because everybody will refund it, and that's the end of that. I'm just amazed. I mean, maybe it's maybe it's just because it's the PC port. But, like, with how much negative press all the games in 2014 got that that just didn't work out of the gate i i made the prediction that 2015 would have almost none of those that like all the games would be polished to such an extent that they couldn't possibly come out broken uh and that they would all get delayed but then this happens and it's like it was happening to enough people like apparently i don't know if you had certain video cards and AMD, all, yeah yeah there were a lot of yeah like and not i don't think it was solely amd but i think they were the main ones amd um, especially had like game breaking visual yeah. bugs that just textures would just stretch into oblivion and and like are we stuff. are we supposed to believe that they just i i mean i i do believe this i think they just didn't test the pc port really they had like you they know had a third, their in-house computers that, that it worked on and that was they that. had a third party studio do the port. iron galaxy yeah yeah and um but i didn't read the actual article so i don't know how credible it is but i saw on some website that warner brothers did know a few months before release. So take that as you will. Um, uh, yeah, I just figured that they didn't think... they. I, th- I figured that they felt they could get away with it because everybody's been able to get away with it for so long. But the, with the refunds, you just can't. Yeah. I, it's... it's oof. I, Actually, I, I, they knew about it before the refund system was in place. That's but the funny part is that it happened so soon after the refund system was implemented. Like pretty much, I guess this was pretty much 
the first AAA game to be released on Steam after they announced the refund system, and and it was completely broken. Um, I, I, good on good on Valve for implementing that. I I I I want to say good on Warner Brothers for at least having the goodwill to pay people back even if they weren't eligible. But I feel like that's just necessary at this point, and that they shouldn't be forgiven for having such a an abysmal launch. Uh, a third party or not, like. If you're still responsible, you know, yeah. it's it's you can't just put the blame. In fact, I think it's kind of scummy to say like, oh, well, it's their fault because we we kind of gave it them control over it. Well, like, exactly. That was your choice to give them control over it. So they sort of tried to do that at first, like the immediate day one emergency reaction was we're working closely with our third party partners and they tried to pawn off the responsibility on the third party partners. But then in like the coming days, they sort of owned up to it more and they said that we're going to make it right and yeah. that kind of thing, which is what they had to do. I mean, yeah. it's a terrible position to be in PR-wise, but they handled it as best as they could have. Good for them. <laughs> and now this is super exciting news. Um, Allison Road, it's a like spiritual successor to PT and it'll be coming to all platforms. Kojima's not involved. I don't want to, you know... Build he up did, hype where didn't it shouldn't he be. Tweet about it though. He might have. I think he I didn't did. See I was kind of surprised. He's not I... involved in it. No. Um, but it's cool. It's built on Unreal Four, and it's similar to PT in that it's like this painstakingly rendered home with something terribly wrong, which is cool. That's such a yeah. cool concept, and PT did it so well, and there was so much potential. Uh, for Silent Hills, and hopefully this will carry the torch. Yeah, it looks I mean, cool. I've seen the gameplay. I'm always skeptical of a fan project like that, though. For a fan project, it looks really, really good. Like, you can get away. You don't really need that big of a budget if you can nail the environment. Yeah. Because in PT, the scary things that happen really aren't so resource intensive. They just had to model Lisa and then just get the effects right with I unreal think, 4 and with the detail of this environment i th- like in the bleeding walls they show in the trailer i think they'll be able to pull it off it's not something that would require a huge huge team uh, here's here's one of my biggest concerns um with fan projects like that usually the last thing that that is focused on the la- like they they're, they're not going to like hire someone to do audio you know mm-hmm. um Audio is really hard, and you need a studio to do it properly, and you need someone – you definitely need someone who knows what they're doing, who's an actual professional um, to, 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 to really do a good job. And I think like at least half of what made PT so good, so scary, and so immersive – is the audio is, is, is like that radio and the crying and the, you know, all that stuff. That is what really makes it scary because the stuff you're seeing is for the most part, just a house. And, 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 and it's the sounds and the anticipation of what those sounds mean, where they're coming from. Uh, If you don't get that perfectly, if you don't get that really, really right, then, then it's not going to have the same effect. Um, I I don't know. I I think it's just, I think I, I just, it's hard for me to even think of any kind of uh, for, like indie from, game or anything that, that, that does sounds quite to that extent. From what I've seen from the gameplay demo, 
they do a good job with the sound. Like they they've got this radio. It borrows a lot from PT, but I don't blame it. Yeah. Um, it, it has the radio, and that's all done well. And then there's like this kind of like in PT, a sort of ominous bassy static that will kind of come in and out and you're not exactly sure why. Yeah, but that's and something that like even Slender did. Yeah, yeah, it does. And then they go outside and they nail the outside sounds too with the ambience of the trees blowing in the wind and I think they're going to do a good job with it. I don't know if it'll be Kojima Productions quality. In fact, it almost definitely won't. But I think they're they're up to the task there. Or at least I hope they are. Yeah, we'll see. But yeah, it's I'm really glad cool. someone's doing it. I'm glad that PT hasn't died completely. <laughs> that well, Konami wasn't able to kill it. Yeah, I mean, it's not the same. <laughs> it's not Kojima and Del I'm Toro. glad something like it will exist. Yeah, I, I, I would be ecstatic if it if if when finally Kojima's contract is done with with uh, with uh, Konami and he can finally come out and say, you know, what his next project is, which, I mean, it'll probably be a while after that contract ends that he would actually say anything. But uh, if he said, I'm making a horror game, that would be, I would, I would be over the moon. Cause that, that would I, I would to love for like him PT. to do something like ukulele or Shinmu three. Yeah. <laughs> just for, you know, some spinoff. It's not, not silent Hills. Yeah. But I, I mean, saw, like the thing is like, you can do something that is, very much probably what they had planned for Silent Hills because Silent Hills, judging from PT, was a def a very different game from what Silent Hill used to be, yeah. and so it's impossible to say what what his vision was with the game that they were making. But I doubt it was typical in any way, or or you know necessarily re- representative of what Silent Hills is. And so maybe maybe he would just basically have the same game in mind, but you know, not call it silent Hill and there would be no legal precedent or anything like that for, that for him so to get in cool. trouble. You know, that would, that would be awesome. I hope one can hope. One yep. Can pray. Uh, so in lieu to get to politics, what everybody listens <laughs> to our podcast for, yes. in lieu of the, you know, white power kid, shooting people in a black church, black people in a black church, and then the ensuing debate about the Confederate flag and certain southern uh, state flags. Uh, Apple removed a bunch of games from their app store that featured the Confederate flag, and a lot of them were like, I think most of them were strategy games or Civil War games. Which is just, it's like they want to be seen to be doing something sensitive and progressive, but it's not actually it's like a platitude. It's just dumb. They they wound up reinstating games under certain strict criteria that if they had educational uh, function, it, I don't know. It's just shitty. It's really shitty. And I mean, I could go. I I grew up and still live in the South, and you know, Birmingham, Alabama. Um, in a lot of ways, the epicenter of all that civil rights shit that went down, and uh, and. I I don't give a shit about the 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 Confederate flag personally. I've never been a person to wave it or anything like that. Uh it just doesn't really mean anything to me. But the what what people who aren't from the South don't realize is 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 how the Confederate how people around here treat the Confederate flag in like 
to them, it's just, it's the South, damn it, it's the South, in the same way that the American flag to a lot of Americans is just, hey, it's America, fuck yeah, America, and they're, you know, they're not making a statement with it, they're not saying, I I support American imperialism in the Middle East, you know, by waving their American flag, it's the same for the Confederate flag, they're not saying, I hate black people, and that's why I wave, I want the, I want stuff to go back to the way it was, that's not at all what they're saying, but I could go on and on about all the bullshit it's it's legitimately worrying the reaction to the Confederate flag thing, like how every major corporation is doing everything they can to pull it from everything they own is is that's scary, um, just in concept, and it's something that I never would have imagined would happen in this country, honestly. Uh, so that's that's scary. Um, it's I just cause I grew up in uh, Maryland, which isn't the South, um, <laughs> and I can our perception of i say our it's not my perception but the perception of the um stars and bars up here is definitely that's the flag that the damn kkk yeah people waved as they as they lynched black people and they you know proudly how could it possibly but yeah not being from the south you're just all you're doing is learning about the confederacy in history class and then oh that's the slavery flag yeah, it's one of those things where like I would never I would never own a Confederate flag or display a Confederate flag because I know it's offensive to a lot of people if, and and for a lot of good reasons. But the people who do own Confederate flags and who do display Confederate flags, they're 99% of them are just ignorant. Period. That's it. They're just ignorant. They're not racist. They just don't realize that people find it offensive because they've grown up in the South, they've always lived in the South, they've been around the flag, which to them is just it's the South, damn it! Er. And I mean, I've I've ridden in a truck with a Confederate flag on it. I think it was like on the window or something like that. And there was a black guy in the truck with me, and he was not at all bothered by it. And I think we even talked about it. Uh, it's one of those things that just like people don't generally care that much. But that's, I'm not going to go on a tirade about that because I totally understand the disconnect. It just it is hypocritical to to be one of these people who is so concerned about everyone's feelings and everyone's culture and then to point at a culture and say, you're doing that wrong and we we need to change what you're doing. That's so crazy. But regardless of all that, Apple pulling games from their app store for this is so it's hypocritical for so for such a different reason, which is that app store is notorious for being one of the least moderated <laughs> things in gaming. Like it is, it is terrible. They're willing to let, apps that are called like um virus protection lock screens just <laughs> stuff and when you can't actually modify that stuff with third party applications on an iOS device just blatant lies and with. clones and all that yeah. stuff and then and then of course there's the obvious the very very obvious one of just like and this this applies for like Amazon all these people who've pulled the confederate flag stuff it's like they all still sell stuff with like the Nazi flag on it, for example, which is just like, okay, what are we doing? Like, are we just, are we, uh, well, yes. The answer is yes to this question that I'm about to hypothetically ask. Are we just freaking out because, you know, there's a big story in the media and we need something to freak out about? And and yeah, that's it. It, God, it drives me fucking crazy. And, you know, it's, it's never the right question to ask, uh, you know, it's never right to waste a bunch of time trying to question the logic of somebody who commits mass murder. Uh, but 
like what was he expecting to have happen like if as a white supremacist if his goal was to not me as a white supremacist as him as a white supremacist if his goal is to promote white supremacy and to tear the black man down then how did he possibly think that this would have a positive positive outcome for his cause well there's there's i think he did come out and state that he wanted to start a race war and uh, that's not going to happen, but he has gotten as he's gone farther with that goal than I would ever imagine possible. People are burning black churches. People are, you know, take literally tearing down Confederate flags. It's such it's it, oh, my God, it's such an overreaction in every every way. And just God damn this fucking society <laughs> we have. There, there's an old Louis C.K. uh clip where he's talking to conan o'brien and he says that we need another great depression because people need to to put things in perspective and realize how good thing they have everything because like they, they need to go back to you know fucking having donkeys carry all their shit around and stuff because it's just gotten to the point where we <laughs> we don't know what to fucking care about anymore we have to find things to freak out about because everything's Ah, Jesus, just... Ah! Okay. Ah! So, to move away from racial politics, <laughs> let's talk about Team Fortress 2. It's oh, okay. getting its first major update in a long time, and it might, might save the game. No! It's possible. It's a, it's a pretty huge update, and one of the biggest changes is that they've made it more like CSGO and how the guns work. Um, what? Yeah, so I'm not exactly sure how it works, but it seems to be a kind of borderlandsy system for the guns, where there are lots of different one-of-a-kind guns, they say, that everybody has a chance to get one-of-a-kind weapons to keep or trade. And if you're just playing the game and you kill somebody, you can immediately pick up their weapon and use it. Which is something that you haven't been able to do for a long, long time, or ever in that game. Is this this is a new game mode, or is this no? It's how the game. The ga- this is how the game's going to work from now on. Yes, that's a huge. Yes, 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 yes. It is big. I think they're trying to save TF2 because it's a. If you read the change log, there's way more than just that. They've they've. It's a it's a massive, massive update. I haven't heard about this at all. I th- so I think they're doubling down. It's called the Gun Metal Update. M E T T L E. Yeah, it looks cool. Uh, I'll probably try the game again after this update comes out. I don't know if it'll stick for me, but, you know, if there was ever a chance ever to to save the abomination it's become, this would probably be it. I mean, I'm looking at the page right now, and just, like, the first picture I see just reminds me of of how sad I am about what Team Fortress 2 is with all these familiar-looking weapons with fucking retarded-looking skins on them. And of course, they they have a factory new field tested battle scarred. Really? Now. Yeah, they do. I, I mean, I understand why they did that. And there's there is a common like I I loved Team Fortress Two back in the day, back in the vanilla days. The DZ. Uh, yeah, I I didn't mind when they started updating the characters with more weapons and stuff. At, at first, I was like, you know, okay, they're just adding content to the game, no big deal. Uh, the first thing that turned me off actually i think this is pretty much when i stopped playing the game they did an update where the demo man got a sword and shield 
The, yes, I remember that. The Highlander. That is the that was the moment where Team Fortress Two jumped the shark. Uh, it 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 ruined not only the gameplay but also the aesthetic uh, in ways that were irreversible. And and then they just from there on out they just said, well, I guess that's what we're doing from now on. And and just everything got completely ridiculous. That game had such a beautiful and focused style that had never been done before. And I think, it was wonderful. So I, I think that they're trying to get some of that back from what I've seen. The the weapon skins that they're introducing, they seem to have put a moratorium on just flooding the game with new different weapons. Which is but they're not going to take happen. the skins that already exist away or anything. Maybe not, but I think people are going to want to stick to the ones that have their own skins. And it looks like they're only showing, like, I, I'm only seeing vanilla weapons here. They'll probably do other ones later, but uh, it might bring some focus back. And I, I think some more focus will be injected by people, you know, it, there were lots of weapons you could choose from before, but you could never say, this is my scattergun or whatever they tried to do it with the strange weapons but it never really stuck but now you sort of got okay this is my gun and it's got this pattern and nobody else has this pattern and it's not just a very subtle csgo effect like yeah they're pretty substantial visual differences and the big deal though is that they're all bright primary colors well, yeah or, you know yeah. close to primary colors so I hope they're trying to focus that visual design back, but you're right. They're never going to get back. Yeah. To it's the game's already ruined. I, coherence. I, I, of the vanilla game. I don't want to act like they made a mistake by ruining that game. They did what made them an insane amount of money. I mean, the amount of money, when you just think about the sheer amount of money that valve makes, you know, day to day through Dota, team fortress Two, CS go alone, uh, not the sales, but the, the, all the weapon shit, all the item stuff, the and it's all visual. The, none of it ever has ever changed the gameplay in any of those games, and um, it, it's I I feel like when I'm playing CS:GO. And by the way, I played a lot of CS:GO this week. I goddamn, I love that game. I continue to love that game. I've ranked up to Master Guardian Elite, so I'm pretty good. Uh, <laughs> the I think that I am the only person that I have seen so far playing that game who has never paid money to open a stupid weapon case and get a skin. <laughs> Everyone is, has fucking skins, and, and they're all talking about their skins and trying to trade skins. And it's like, who gives a flying fuck about your your AK-47 being red? I don't, I, I don't understand it. And these things are like hundreds of dollars sometimes. And you pay $2.50 to get like a 1% chance to get a weapon that... that might cost more than you know 14 cents on the marketplace I, oh my god people are and valve gets a cut of every single one of those transactions jesus christ the amount of money uh, more people play csgo than dota and we know that dota it's a huge fan base wait, wait um, is, it, is that true more people I, are playing CSGO that, from the last i heard that is true yeah um so really yeah Jesus Christ, Valve is making a lot of money doing that stuff. I just, I'm just sad that it happened to a game that I, I loved so much and, and changed it so drastically. Because uh, CS:GO, like, you can make your weapons look as stupid as you want. It's still just a CS:GO isn't about the aesthetic. It isn't about any of that kind of crap. It, it as long as it plays the same, uh, you know, whatever. But Team Fortress Two, 
they added so many weapons that do so many different things. You couldn't even keep up, and everything looks absurd, and everyone's wearing hats that don't at all fit with the cool look of the game. I, that It depresses me. And everyone's like, well, just play vanilla servers. That's not the point. The point is that... You could go to having, any server, and it would yeah, be perfectly Yeah, I was having fun being a part of the Team Fortress community, and now there is no. There is no community. It's just a fucking whatever it is. Uh, this is this is what gives me hope gameplay wise. Like the aesthetic is ruined. There's no way around that. But they the updates are seem to be covering all the bases. That there's very obscure weapons that I haven't really heard of getting minor tweaks. They seem to have really spent a lot of time trying to balance the entirety of this huge game that seems too big to balance now. Which yeah. is what they needed to do. That they- yeah, because the thing about Team Fortress 2 that was so lovable about the gameplay is the simplicity of it. In a time when all of all other FPSs in the entire genre were all just flooding their games with all sorts of different weapons that you could unlock and rankings and all that stuff, Team Fortress 2 just says, here's a bunch of classes, and all the classes play exactly the same you, you don't customize anything it's just you choose a class that's how it plays and when someone sees that class they know how to play against it because they know exactly what that class can do and cannot do and now it's like that was i missed you have that. to you have to fucking <sighs> think about what weapon they're holding which you can't possibly tell from just how do looking you know if they tiny. have a direct hit or a regular rocket yeah launcher. and, and it, like even even very early on the updates that they were making would would change the game in drastic ways that that i should have seen coming but i didn't and neither did anyone else probably but like you know when you when you give the sniper a uh, a bow instead and the bow works very Jesus. differently from how and the sniper everybody wants works. to use the bow and be useless yeah it, it that changes the game and when you see a sniper you have to think what weapon is he holding and then suddenly when i was there was like commentary and their developer commentary on team fortress 2 where they talk about there was a PowerPoint presentation or something I watched where they talked about how they built every character meticulously in the shape of it, where the, you could just tell from a silhouette exactly which char- character mm-hmm. it was in, in instantly. Uh, and they ruined it all. Uh, they worked so hard, and then they ruined it. And the hats, sad. especially. Fuck yeah. everything. Yeah. Uh, but I, I will say, one thing I will say is that this website, the teamfortress.com, uh, they're constantly updating, or I don't know. Last time I checked, they were always updating it, and they have they have some writer on their team who does a fantastic job of writing every update, uh, keeping it you know kind of humorous and and fun and concise. And I've always really respected the way that they they do that. Like Valve is just so good at just at everything they do. <laughs> I was speaking the devil just as we were talking, or maybe it wasn't just, but didn't see it a second ago. Uh, the the update actually came out now, so there you go. We might have to check it out, maybe tonight. Although the game's probably like fucking sixty gigs right now because you have to oh, download God. all the hats. <laughs> yeah, I, you're talking about that. I like when I was first reading the patch notes, I was really hopeful and optimistic. But when you were describing vanilla TF2 again, I'm like, oh God, I I, I wish it was like that. If again. you could only just download eight gigs and play a simple game with nine classes and two I, teams. Uh, let's just dish about TF2 because we got time. Okay. Uh, I I loved this spy when it first came out. Not being a useless spy, I try to be productive. But I just loved that class. That was so cool to me when that game came out. It's just so clever. Trying to sneak around and 
and then sometimes like disguising as your own team before they see or uh, while you're on your side so that they don't know you have a spy like that yeah. stuff is so cool really clever shit and like uh have trying to act like you are the class that you're that that you're spying as yeah that, that god damn it no other games do like competitive kind of games don't do that uh it's that's a huge difference in how you 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 play a first person shooter like there's nothing else that does something like that and god damn they they just put so much love into this game if you just go around a level like especially like two fort is the best example i think of a level where they had a very clear idea of what they were going for in the style and the concept of just like Here's this stupid concept of red versus blue where they've literally built across a moat from each other and they've tried to trick each other into thinking that there isn't a secret base underneath <laughs> the other the other side. So like one disguises it as a factory, the other disguises it as a farm and all the farm animals are just like cardboard cutouts and you know they have like some kind of like thing making moo noises to try to disguise it as a farm and then you go down into the base underneath and it's like this Doctor Strange love inspired war room and everything's 60s and there's and the ah, same woman calling the shots for both yes. sides <laughs> yeah like who is she and and uh, uh I, I love that stuff and you know when it came out the updates were manageable even past vanilla i don't think it was ruined right after vanilla. it wasn't ruined because no. at first the model they followed for the updates was very restrained or they exercised restraint the medic update you got three new weapons one alternate for each slot and it was easy enough to wrap your head around exactly what those did. And, you know, you could keep it in your head. And the same thing for every update until the, uh, which one introduced I think it new was... alternates oh, for everybody? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. It, I, the soldier I versus demo one. man. That, that one still has had that, one alternate. That's where that you said jump the shark. Yeah. But what really jumped the shark for me the poly count update, the where, where they opened it up to the community, that's what did it for me. Yeah, I think I, I think I jumped out before that. It's just the, just a ton. That's what it's when they introduced the crates, the man economy update. Is right. what I was thinking of. They introduced the crates, a whole bunch of different community weapons that just it was too much to yeah, keep and, in your head. And like at first, I, I I was still following the game at that point at least, and so at first I remember them saying like, "Here's the requirements." for how to get, you know, a hat through to the final game. It has to follow the very, very strict thing that we're going for with this game, which is, you know, these characters are, they've put together all of their own weapons. And so, like, you know, you look at, like, the heavies machine gun and it's just like pipes and shit that are just like welded together. And, like, they've all built this stuff out from their bare hands. And it's a 60s aesthetic kind of vaguely 60s, I guess, and cartoony, but not cartoony in, like, a flashy, colorful way. Obviously, the community isn't going to be able to to stay with those standards for very long, and they didn't. I I, I think pretty much, almost right out of the gate. Like, I think one of the first things that they did where they just totally gave up on that was when the game came out on Apple computers. They they got, like, max the support. Earbuds. The earbuds. I was going, like, well, that doesn't, that's not Team Fortress. <laughs> Like I know that's tiny. Like I know that's like a really insignificant, but that's not Team Fortress. Why are you why are you forgoing you your see, own rules? A good example of that were the soldier medals. It was like a little promotion yeah. and that was even before there was an economy. It wasn't to try to get people trading them and selling them. That was just a rare collectible and it was cool. 
um, what did it for me, and I wore one because it's silly and everything was silly by that point, so who cared? But the Dr. Seuss hat for the soldier. Mm. Um, for a while, I was meaning the, the soldier and the scout, and uh, that's one of the hats that I got. And I put it on, and then it was like, there's no going back from here. Yeah. I crossed the threshold <laughs> that I can't return I, The from. only item I ever remembered using was the uh, the beard camera for the spy. That was when I, that was like probably the first item that I unlocked. Sorry if that was really I, well. I got that too, yeah. I got yeah. the camera It's probably beard. like super rare right now or something like that, but just who cares anymore. I, ha- um, I still have that one of those, the, uh, that fits one with of those the medals, you know? It's an absurd thing. That fits the character and fits the aesthetic. It's just like, oh, he's put a camera and a beard. It's a spy thing. Uh, at least it fits the game. It looks a little more ridiculous than I would like it to look. Because, like, I'm looking at a, the cast of characters right now on the website. They don't. They're they're cartoony, but they're not ridiculous. You know. Yeah. Does the does the spy really need a party mask or um, yeah whatever that was the the fez? Like, come on. Yeah. Uh, it, <sighs> But yeah, it was wildly successful for them. And then sure the, those cross-game promotions where you just got random. Yeah, that was really annoying from from other games. It was like an aliens cross promotion or something. Yeah, I, there was the alien crab thing. They realized that they could make a ton of money off the game, and that's what mm. they did. And but now they need to get people playing it again to continue to make money off of it. Yeah. I, and some people say, well, at least at least they're keeping it alive so that people continue to enjoy this game. And I'm going. My, my response to that is it's not it's not the game that I fell in love with. It's it's not that game anymore. It's just different. You uh, know what might might capture some of the magic back if they added like a, instead of trying to search for a vanilla server in the browser, if it was one of the matchmaking queues that you could single click get into, just to increase the player base there because you're. Right now, you're only playing on vanilla servers with other tryhards who are yeah. dead set on playing on vanilla servers. Yeah, uh, if there was some kind of official, uh, yeah, I, I I could see myself going going back for a while probably if they if they if they push that in a an official capacity, but they never would because that's what's keeping their of game course. afloat is all those yes. free items and stuff. So there's no reason for them to do that. And, and, and I don't even think there would be really the fan base to support it either. Um, sad. Yeah. Sad, I, I was even in, I was in like a clan or a group or something where we had like a server and everything. I did that too. I yeah. made a heavy. Yep. I was really good with the heavy man. I jump it, around corners and start spinning that thing up and just uh, just gunning everyone down. Did you play uh, Highlander or six v six? Uh, I, I don't remember what any of those are. I don't six v six. So Highlander is a nine v nine, and it's one of every class versus one of every class, and then six v six is just six of any class versus six of any class. I think typically we would have like twelve people on a side or something uh, like that. On our Highlander thing, I was um, scout main and on our 6v6 i was the soldier the i wanted to be good at scout, but i was so bad with the aim i could not do it I'm, i'd probably be amazing right now because i've had so much csgo experience in the last several months but like at the time i i loved the scout as a class i just was terrible at it what a game what a game what, a game. what if they came out with the, if they came out with a sequel it would just be more free-to-play bullshit Team Fortress 3, baby. That's a game that I don't think anybody could ever get I'm excited surprised, about. Well, I'm surprised we haven't years. had just, like, Team Fortress, and it's become, like, 
they've gone like full on where it's just like this is our brand now and the game just keeps being updated valve's been pretty good with that i mean they haven't done as Dota. free to play go- here's the thing as free to play goes valve is great with with that stuff like supporting their free to play games they, they do it right they do it the right way they keep it's, all, it's just a shame they did fortress it with a game 2, that was not free to play to begin with except for team fortress 2 and only a little bit they don't lock any gameplay behind microtransactions it's cosmetic yeah. stuff you can use every weapon in csgo for free if you have the game and it's and insane in Dota 2, you can play all the characters and, yeah but like how do they have like some weapons they do have substantial differences like if you want to use yeah. the force of nature as the scout which is i think a better weapon or at least i like it more for um certain maps then you have to buy it or find it or trade for it and that sucks one thing I really loved is that I don't know what it's called, but the the alternate baseball for the baseball bat for the, the scout. Sandman? Yes, where you can launch the ball and yeah, knock yeah. people out with it. Oh god, I love that. That's really fun. Yeah, I, just getting those really long range yes. hail mary. Just like some like dress. sniper or something, and you're just like Dook! and it just like takes like four and, seconds and to get to him. Do anything about it at that <laughs> point, but it's like yeah, I fucking got you, and you know it. Yeah, I do love it. And then the uh, the fish, when you would hit people fish. with the fish, it doesn't. It's just as it's like a just a reskin baseball bat. Oh. But if you hit somebody with the fish, an icon shows up for everybody on the server in the top right that shows that the other person got hit by a fish. <laughs> and if you keep hitting them, then it's like times two, times three. It's good. That's or, cool. And then it'll say fish. Code. Yeah, the, like they did do a lot. Here's the thing: the, the updates, like when we don't like the updates we're not saying we don't like the content that they're adding as content itself like it's the weapons i'm sure are all very well designed and very interesting from a gameplay perspective and all that but they don't fit with what we liked about the game to begin with and that's the problem uh if it were a different yeah if it were just a different brand if it were just like a different game to begin with it, it would probably be pretty great it's just i can't get away from what it was so to move away from TF2, yeah. let's talk about something uh, that appeals to a similar audience, Reddit. Um, oh, boy. A popular thing on Reddit, as everybody on Earth is probably aware of, is the Ask Me Anythings, where the celebrities will go on the site and people will ask them the questions and they'll respond to them. And Reddit had a liaison named Victoria who basically organized all of them. She was the only one doing this. And she was getting in touch with all the celebrities and every one of them would say, well, thanks for Victoria for helping me out with this. Like she was critical to the operation of that. What's probably their most popular thing, or at least what, what gets the most media attention. I, I read an article real quick. I read an article uh, on, on this event because someone asked me on Twitter, like, are you going to talk about this? And I said, hopefully not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I read an article about it to, to get the skinny and the article mentioned, it, it said AMA is one of the most popular things on Reddit. And as two, it gave two examples. And the first was Barack Obama's famous AMA. And then the second one was something I wasn't aware of. And this was like a very professionally written article. It said, it said uh, an AMA with the likes of Barack Obama and a man with two penises. Yeah, I read that one. Yep. The only interesting thing about it was the picture. <laughs> but, you know, it's worth seeing. You got to see it. <laughs> so, Victoria... As uh, even the moderators of the subreddit, it's not run by the Reddit admins. It's run by moderators who have been doing it since years and years ago. They say that Victoria is like the critical 
cog in this machine to keep it working, that they just couldn't keep up with it. And anyway, they fired her, and nobody knows why today. And they gave like a really kind of bullshitty response to it. People theorize, you know, like a non-answer. People theorize that it was because of the Jesse Jackson AMA, which was mm. had a lot of people saying racist stuff in the comments, and you know, just exactly what you would expect. And apparently, this is all hearsay conjecture, but it's hard to think of any other reason why she got fired. Apparently, someone with Jesse Jackson raised the sink, and Victoria got fired for it or turned into the scapegoat. Well, the problem with this is that Victoria is so well-loved by the moderators of huge, huge subreddits that they've all the big moderators have just shut shit down. So, ask me anything. I think it's the biggest thing on Reddit, the biggest community, has gone private. They've locked everybody out. Same Let's... thing with, and they've gotten lots of other moderators of lots of other super popular ones like Ask Reddit, which I think is the second most popular. That's shut down. Everybody's locked out. This is probably the 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 biggest fuck you to the admins that Reddit's ever done, which was a long time coming. Yeah, um, I I think for the last like year or two, there's been a lot of drama involving like Reddit executives and and admins and all that stuff and lately orbiting around ellen powell yeah uh apparently like a prominent social justice warrior or something and um i don't know i don't care about reddit really but it is a huge community well last time i checked there were like 40 huge reddit thread reddit uh, what do you call them reddits (laughs) Uh, forums forums there are like 40 of oh, them they call them subreddits yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, there are like 40 like major ones like gaming and and yeah. videos and stuff like that those have like all gone private apparently it's so it's this huge. is too big a uh, pushback to ignore um because and then there was the drama i think like a month ago of them banning fat people hate which was just a really edgy politically incorrect subreddit was like how ah, fuck these fatties but they made fun of the imager admins and then uh like reddit shut them down and it was a huge deal that well it's really pretty innocuous it's just making fun of fatties <laughs> <laughs> but yeah well it's hate um, speech it is that's what their justification was and so uh yeah that was like a minor problem but people didn't really care about that what your average redditor does care about is every single one of their favorite reddit websites being closed yeah. so who knows who knows Pretty what's going happen it, it, i think we'll, we'll see like a harry truman scenario where they just nationalize the steel industry and just uh <laughs> take control of these subreddits from the top we'll see uh i could see i could see reddit just in a matter of weeks, becoming a nothing suddenly. You know that people are saying that this might be their dig moment. Um, yeah. For a while, vote v o a t dot c o has been gaining in prominence. With I, the I saw that link. Reddit scandals, and it's sort of like the eight chan to four chan of it's like you know it is to Reddit. What I'm assuming is to by 4chan. the name that it still has up upvoting and downvoting, which is um, my biggest problem with Reddit. Well, I mean, yeah, it, it works the same way. But Reddit had a, a problem a while back where this was should have been a bigger deal, the, even than some of this stuff. For a long time, they let you see exactly how many up and down votes each post got. 
But then they introduced something called vote fuzzing, which is to combat spam so that spam accounts don't know exactly how they're getting downvoted, just some nonsense like that. But then it became clear that certain like corporate-sponsored posts were oh, getting Christ. to the top for no good reason. Great. And then they removed the ability to see even the fuzzed votes. So vote.co, its mission statement, it sort of sprang up around that time like a, a while ago. And it basically just said, we're never going to hide the votes. And then since then, they've sort of been more 8chan hot wheelsy about being firmly committed to not censoring things like that. So it'll probably just be the 8chan to Reddit. Yeah. They also split the community, which is fine. <laughs> probably good for everyone. <laughs> um, yeah, that's fucking Reddit, man. There you go. Been around but a while. This is what everybody's been waiting for. The big news of the week. And we saved it for last just so your hearts yeah. wouldn't explode. Um, Limited edition Forza 6 Xbox One will make car noises when you turn it on. I, I love car noises. Uh, that's I that's do. really neat. Um, good for them. I, I think I think they had an R2D2 Xbox 360 that would go, you know, when you would turn it on. So maybe it's nothing new for them. Uh, it's weird. I'm really excited. I, are you joking, or is this actually shit? No, 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 no. I, I, I think that is a thing, yeah. Really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Okay. It uh, might have been just a custom-built one that was, like, third-party. I don't know. But anyway, that was that was a thing. Um, I, I, There's a couple things. First of all, there's a couple things I missed that I wanted to... Well, there's one thing I missed that I want to mention. But also, uh, there's a couple of questions. I don't know how good they are or anything. I just... I promise, like, every pro- podcast that people can leave questions and we'll answer them and then we never do um here's but here's one that i think i well if you i, I don't know if you Just have enough it. hatred in your heart to do something like this but have you seen errant signals sunset <laughs> no oh okay Oof. apparently well, you, might be, it, you might be surprised to hear that it's quite pretentious i have heard that we talked about sunset <laughs> yes and errant signal um have have you played? I have not. Have you played any uh, from software games before Demon Souls? Oh, like Kingsfield and stuff. No, I haven't. I, yeah, Core. No. This is the only person I've ever seen who has said anything positive about those. So I've heard I don't a lot know. of people liking them, but really? just not actual people. Like I've seen <laughs> anonymous posts liking yeah, them, yeah. but I've never heard somebody personally testifying to their quality. But I, I haven't know. heard I've bad things any, about them. I've never had any will to play them though from what i from what i understand demon souls was pretty heavily inspired from kingsfield so i might give kingsfield a try but but what really attracts me to those games is the just how great they play and so even if it plays like a little differently you know maybe i'll like the game but it won't be like an instant sell for me yeah um so uh Another thing, actually, this is one of the main things that I've been doing while I was sick. Uh, I, for whatever reason, got inspired to, well, I guess because of E3, I got inspired to replay through Deus Ex Human Revolution, uh, which when I played it for the first time, I was I was blown away. I really, really, really loved that game. Um, and I bought a while ago, there was like a director's cut or something that came out where basically like, 
there was a, a DLC, I think, where they added some content and they changed the boss fights so that you don't have to do it as a combat thing. You can do like a stealth hacking way to defeat the boss. Um, and they include all that stuff and they put, what really made me want to buy it is they put developer commentary into the game. Um, and so like you get to a point in the map and it'll pop up a little thing that says, would you like to listen to this? And you say, yes, it's, it is really, really badly implemented developer commentary. Uh, not a lot of, I, I I don't want to insult it too much because not a lot of games do that. And I love it when games do that. Valve is very good about doing that. And and it's always very interesting. Valve does it really well. Um, they put, you know, they'll put a little, have you ever done a a valve? I've done every one of their developer commentaries. I religiously consume them whenever they release. I I love them. And, And they put the little bubble there. So, you know, it's there and you walk up to it and you click it and you can listen to it. Um, for whatever reason, the way that they've implemented it here, first of all, there's no visual indicator that there's a commentary on a place in the map. So if you want to make sure that you're getting the commentary, you have to actually walk around everywhere and just see if it pops up with a little notification that That's there's a commentary, annoying. which is ridiculous and stupid and, and annoying. Uh, another thing is they gave no thought whatsoever to how long the commentary goes in relation to where you are or what you're doing at that point in the game. And so like they put a commentary in an elevator and you start playing the commentary and you hit the elevator button and then halfway through the elevator, uh, a cutscene starts and the commentary cuts off and then you get to the bottom and the commentary, you can't restart the commentary. If you want to restart the commentary, you have to go back to the top of the elevator and start it again. Fuck that. Yeah. And, and, there's no way to cancel a commentary that's being listened to, and some of them go on for a while. Uh, so if you accidentally click on one after you've listened to it, you better uh, you better hunker yeah. down for a few minutes. You see, I I I just played the original Deus Ex: Human Revolution, not the director's cut. I've heard about the director's cut changes, but I never actually played it. Yeah, that might be something I just look at the YouTube videos of. Yeah, there's not. It a seems lot of like changes. a much better way to consume. Well, um, I mean, not just the game, but the commentary. Like, oh, oh, yeah. Consuming yeah, yeah. the commentary through videos will probably be less of a headache. Yes, uh, I would say so. I, I mean, like they've they've been pretty interesting for the most part. I'd say uh, there's a lot of them that are just like, I don't care. Why are you talking about this? Uh, but in a lot of them, like I think they did it quite a bit after the game actually came out, and so they're pretty honest <laughs> about a lot of their uh, mistakes and flaws and whatnot. And so, like, there's one where they talk about how the AI and certain parts of the the map won't go through doorways, and they they're just like, yeah, we we just don't have an excuse for that. It's just an old map map that we build, and we didn't have time to fix it, and the AI is just fucked up. And it's just messed up, and that's why. And then uh, I I don't know if they ever mention like how badly they screwed up the boss fight thing, but they do talk about a lot of the philosophies about boss fights and like you know where they placed weapons and all that stuff. And they talk about like like how they uh, one of the big things that they screwed up was unlocking abilities too slow. They don't give you enough up like at up front. Um, and so like the beginning of the game is very slow moving. And then at the end of the game, you have so much stuff that you're, you know, maybe even too powerful. And so, uh, I, I, I like it when I just like hearing developers talk about the mistakes that they've made because that's so rare. Um, Mm -hmm. and it also gives me a little bit of hope 
with the the next one coming out if they if they learn from their mistakes. But there's some big things that they kind of gloss over. I feel like so but far. But haven't you heard their racist Confederate flag waving apartheid apologists? I, I yes, I've heard that they are uh, they are racist, and uh, they actually talk about that too in the original. I wasn't aware there was controversy over this. Uh, but there's a character who is a homeless woman and she's black and she talks like a black homeless person might talk. And, uh, people got real angry about that and, and they talk about it. They're like, yeah, we just got an actress in and that's how she read the lines. <laughs> she's black by the way. <laughs> so, uh, it, that, uh, it is interesting. This is going but remember the black homeless woman in the Sopranos with the newspaper up her ass? Yes. <laughs> Okay, that's all I wanted to say. Well, I've said all I want to say about uh, Human Revolution, and I can't follow that up. So Okay, on that note then, I think we can call it a night. Yeah, we made this one extra long because we postponed yeah. it so long. Yes, that's yes. that's the that's the reason, not because we wanted to gush about Teen Fortress 2 for 20 minutes. Indeed. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, this is Push a Shot. Bye-bye. Bye.